0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What does it look like to read the New Testament through the eyes of Native North American storytellers? Keep listening to find out more about the First Nations Version. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth Table. Your word is truth,
1: your word is light Presented by Innervar City Press.
0: Your word is truth, your word is light
1: The Daily Audio Bible podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and
0: Echemini Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us.
1: Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 1 Samuel 25, verse 39, through 1 Samuel, chapter 27. When David heard that Nabal had died, he said, Praised be the Lord, who has vindicated me, and avenged the insult that I suffered from Nabal. The Lord has kept his servant from doing evil and he has repaid Nabal for his evil deeds. Then David sent word to Abigail and asked her to become his wife. So the servants of David went to Abigail at Carmel and said to her, David has sent us to you to bring you back to be his wife. She arose, bowed her face towards the ground and said, Your female servant, like a lowly servant, will wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Then Abigail quickly went and mounted her donkey with five of her female servants accompanying her. She followed David's messengers and became his wife. David had also married Ahinoam from Jisrael. The two of them became his wives. Now Saul had given his daughter Michal, David's wife, to Patiel, son of Laish, who was from Galem. Chapter 26. David spares Saul's life again. The Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeath and said, Isn't David hiding on the hill of Hakaloth, near Geshemun? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Zith, accompanied by 3,000 select men of Israel, to look for David in the wilderness of Zith. Saul camped by the road on the hill of Hakaloth, near Geshemun. But David was staying in the wilderness. When he realized that Saul had come to the wilderness to find him, David sent scouts and verified that Saul had indeed arrived. So David set out and went to the place where Saul was camped. David saw the place where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the general in command of his army, were sleeping. Now Saul was lying in the entrenchment, and the army was camped all around him. David said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, son of Zerith, Joab's brother, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? Abishai replied, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai approached the army at night and found Saul lying asleep in the entrenchment with his spear stuck in the ground by his head. Abner and the army were lying all around him. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me drive the spear right through him into the ground with one swift jab. A second jab won't be necessary. But David said to Abishai, Don't kill him. Who can extend his hand against the Lord's chosen one and remain guiltless? David went on to say, As the Lord lives, the Lord himself will strike him down. Either his day will come and he will die, or he will go down into battle and be swept away. But may the Lord prevent me from extending my hand against the Lord's chosen one. Now take the spear by Saul's head and the jug of water, and let's get out of here. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head, and they got out of there. No one saw them or was aware of their presence or woke up. All of them were asleep, for the Lord had caused a deep sleep to fall on them. Then David crossed to the other side and stood on the top of the hill some distance away. There was a considerable distance between them. David called to the army and to Abner, son of Nair. Won't you answer, Abner? Abner replied, Who are you? that you have called to the king. David said to Abner, aren't you a man? After all, who is like you in Israel? Why then haven't you protected your lord, the king? One of the soldiers came to kill your lord, the king. This failure on your part isn't good. As surely as the Lord lives, you people who have not protected your lord, the Lord's chosen one, are as good as dead. Now look where the king's spear and the jug of water that was by his head are. When Saul recognized David's voice, he said, Is that your voice, my son David? David replied, Yes, it's my voice, my lord, the king. He went on to say, Why is my lord chasing his servant? What have I done? What wrong have I done? So let my lord, the king, now listen to the words of his servant. If the lord has incited you against me, may he take delight in an offering. But if men have instigated this, may they be cursed before the lord. For they have driven me away this day from being united with the Lord's inheritance, saying, Go on, serve other gods. Now don't let my blood fall to the ground away from the Lord's presence. For the king of Israel has gone out to look for a flea the way one looks for a partridge in the hill country. Saul replied, I have sinned. Come back, my son David. I won't harm you anymore, for you treated my life with value this day. I have behaved foolishly and have made a very terrible mistake. David replied, Here is the king's spear. Let one of your servants cross over and get it. The Lord rewards each man for his integrity and loyalty. Even though today the Lord delivered you into my hand, I was not willing to extend my hand against the Lord's chosen one. In the same way that I valued your life this day, may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all danger. Saul replied to David, May you be rewarded, my son David. You will without question be successful. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. Chapter 27, David aligns himself with the Philistines. David thought to himself, One of these days I'm going to be swept away by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of searching for me through all the territory of Israel, and I will escape from his hand. So David left and crossed over to King Achish, son of Maok of Gath. Accompanied by his six hundred men, David settled with Achish in Gath, along with his men and their families. David had with him his two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the Carmelite, Nabal's widow. When Saul learned that David had fled to Gath, he did not mount a new search for him. David said to Achish, If I have found favor with you, let me be given a place in one of the country towns, so that I can live there. Why should your servant settle in the royal city with you? So Achish gave him Ziklag on that day. For that reason, Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah until this very day. The length of time that David lived in the Philistine countryside was a year and four months. Then David and his men went up and raided the Geshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. They had been living in that land for a long time, from the approach to Shur, as far as the land of Egypt. When David would attack a district, he would leave neither man nor woman alive. He would take sheep, cattle, donkeys, camels, and clothing, and would then go back to Achish. When Achish would ask, Where did you raid today? David would say, The Nagav of Judah, or the Nagav of Jeremiel or the nagab of the Kenites. Neither man nor woman would David leave alive, so as to bring them back to Gath. He was thinking, this way they can't tell on us, saying, this is what David did. Such was his practice the entire time that he lived in the country of the Philistines. So Achish trusted David, thinking to himself, he is really hated among his own people in Israel. From now on, he will be my servant. First Chronicles Chapter Twelve, Verses One through Seven. Warriors who joined David at Ziklag. These were the men who joined David in Ziklag when he was banished from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who assisted him in battle. They were armed with bows and could shoot arrows or slaying stones right or left-handed. They were fellow tribesmen of Saul from Benjamin. These were Ahazir, the leader and Joash, the sons of Shemoth, the Gibeonite, Jiziel, and Pelet, the sons of Asmaveth, Barakak, Jahu, the Anathite, Ishmaiah, the Gibeonite, one of the thirty warriors and their leader, Jeremiah, Jehaziel, Johanan, Josabad, the Gidderithite, Eluza, Jeremoth, Beoliath, Shemaroth, Sheftahiah, the Heraphite, Elkaniah, Ishiah, Azarel, Joazer, and Jashobim, who were Korahites, and Jola, and Zebediah, the sons of Jeraham from Gador. New Testament reading, Luke chapter 15, verse eleven through chapter 16, verse 18 the parable of the compassionate father. Then Jesus said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the estate that will belong to me. So he divided his assets between them. After a few days, the younger son gathered together all he had and left on a journey to a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth with a wild lifestyle. Then after he had spent everything, a severe famine took place in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and worked for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He was longing to eat the carrot pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired workers have food enough to spare? But here I am dying from hunger. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way from home, his father saw him, and his heart went out to him. He ran and hugged his son and kissed him. Then his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Hurry, bring the best robe, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate, because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. As he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the slaves and asked what was happening. The slave replied, Your brother has returned, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he got his son back safe and sound. But the older son became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and appealed to him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have worked like a slave for you, and I never disobeyed your commands. Yet you never gave me even a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and everything that belongs to me is yours. It was appropriate to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Chapter 16, The Parable of the Clever Steward Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who was informed of accusations that his manager was wasting his assets. So he called the manager in and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your administration, because you can no longer be my manager. Then the manager said to himself, What should I do, since my master is taking my position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I'm too ashamed to beg. I know what to do so that when I am put out of management, people will welcome me into their homes. So he contacted his master's debtors one by one. He asked the first one, how much do you owe my master? The man replied, 100 measures of olive oil. The manager said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? The second man replied, 100 measures of wheat. The manager said to him, take your bill. And write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their contemporaries than the people of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by how you use worldly wealth, so that when it runs out, you will be welcomed into the eternal homes. The one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. The one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If, then, you haven't been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? And if you haven't been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. More warnings about the Pharisees. The Pharisees, who loved money, heard all this and ridiculed him. But Jesus said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in men's eyes, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly prized among men is utterly detestable in God's sight. The law and the prophets were in force until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God has been proclaimed, and everyone is urged to enter it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tiny stroke of a letter in the law to become void. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery. The one who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for these rich, rich reminders. Oh Lord, so often even in that New Testament passage from Luke, we we tend to focus on the prodigal son and and not the compassionate father. And yet this is the parable of the compassionate father, a parable about your relentless love described in, in the lives of these two sons. One who squanders what has been given, one who hits rock bottom and comes back home, and there you are awaiting, beckoning him back. And this other son, the son who believes that he has fully fulfilled the law, the son who believes that he is in some way, shape, or form being overlooked, not recognizing the abundance of blessings that that son has, not because of his dutifulness, but because he is your son. And God, would you correct us wherever we may find ourselves in this story, O Lord. We thank you that you are the Father. And we see even this image of you awaiting on the porch as we stumble back home, running to meet us to celebrate our return. We thank you, O God, for your kindness and patience when we are self-righteous, O God. And you remind us that you have given us all things. Help us, O Lord, to have our eyes fixed on you, the compassionate Father. Help us, O Lord, to not allow our sin and our shame to lie to us, to tell us it's too late to go back. You can't be accepted, but instead to entrust ourselves to you, to appeal to your compassion and to assume your grace and mercy because of your very character. And O God, for all of us who love people who have gone astray and who have felt that we have gone astray. and For all of us who love people who are self-righteous and for we as the people who are self-righteous, would you continue to show yourself as the compassionate parent, the one who corrects, the one who holds fast, the one who loves deeply and who loves transformatively, O God. And may we all tell the truth. May we all acknowledge, oh God, when we have sinned against you. May we own that. May we confess it so that we might embrace the open-handed grace that you pour out to your children. And may we all celebrate when people return to the Father. We pray, oh God, for a revival. Wherever we're listening, whatever part of this world we happen to find ourselves in, we pray for a revival, that people would return home, that they might find the compassionate Father who had never left them, who was always looking off, keeping watch over them, awaiting their return. Bring revival and return hearts unto yourself, O God. It is in Christ's name that we pray, and we look forward to rejoicing and celebrating over each returned son and daughter to home. Amen and amen. Many
0: First Nation tribes communicate with the cultural and linguistic thought patterns found in their original tongues. The First Nations version recounts the creator's story, the Christian scriptures, following the tradition of Native storytellers' oral cultures. This way of speaking, with its simple yet profound beauty and rich cultural idioms, still resonates in the hearts of First Nations people. Get your copy of this rich and beautiful New Testament translation today from ivpress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code "the word." That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's
1: word, but doers.